0: Join me as I share my experience and the experiences of others so that we may see the unique gifts and talents of individuals on the autism spectrum fully recognized. Hello everyone and welcome. This is Elia with the Spectrum Strategy Group and I welcome you today. Um... I know that we are just a little bit into the new year and uh, a lot of what happens at this time of the year is preparing for um, IEP meetings and preparing for what comes in the next year. And Maybe at this point we're also checking for progress and seeing uh, how our kiddos are doing. And so that is something that happens now. We're just about midway through um, a a typical school year. And I I say that uh, very lightly, obviously. Um, But what I wanted to do was run a little mini course on what these processes are like. And it's coming, uh, this is kind of coming about because I'm working with several families right now who are experiencing some difficulties in creating uh, IEPs for their, their kids. And also I'm working with many teachers who are looking at creating uh, really good solid goals and plans for their students and uh, i also know we have a lot of challenge happening now with covid and different types of education models and so i wanted to you know take take a few of these episodes to really dive in and i know in the past i've talked about um several different uh, aspects of the these processes. <laughs> um, and I would encourage you to, you know, if you wanted to do a little bit of pre-work, not that you have to, um, that you check out um, episode two, which is um, customized education plans for everyone. Uh, I would also... Very much encourage episode number six, which is the Alphabet Soup. So Alphabet Soup talks a lot about all of these different acronyms that I'm g- going to be talking about now and in this mini course. So um, and and there are a few others, and as we move through this uh, four session program, I will um, I will address the different pieces that. I think um, you know would make sense for you to kind of dive in a little bit more deeply into different areas that we might touch upon. But in these uh, in these mini courses, what I'd like to do is actually take you through what the forms are like, the different sections of the forms. Uh, I will find some generic forms and post them so that you can look at them. Um, and then in each episode, I'm going to take you through each one of the forms, and so that you know and are aware of uh, what is in each of them. So in my experience as a teacher and a parent, I was not well informed about what these forms looked like, what these processes looked like, and it was really all done on the fly. And uh, I had to do a lot of self-education. So imagine as a teacher coming into a classroom maybe for the first time, I will say, and being handed a few IEPs, which we'll talk about, and saying, okay, this is, you know, these are a couple of the students in your class, so, you know, make sure you do this stuff. And I had never seen those forms before. So that was sort of not the best way to, um, to engage a teacher and have them understand what a child needs uh, in their classroom. And then as a parent... I was also expected to jump into a meeting and not know what that meeting was going to look like, what was going to be the outcome of those meetings, what the forms looked like, nothing. So it was really, uh, again, learning on the fly as a parent. And, And some of that Unfortunately, will always happen, but if I can help mitigate some of that, and uh, it's also so difficult to be in these meetings and really wanting to do what's best for the student or for your child, and then kind of getting all of this information thrown at you. So what, I, what my plan is, is to offer a, a four-session uh, mini course, and the areas that I'm going to cover are are um, a form called the IFSP, and that is um, an Individualized Family Service Plan. And if any of you kind of listened in onto the early intervention podcasts, um, we may have mentioned it in there real quick, right? Um, But uh, that is both a process and a document. And so that is for uh, children that are, uh, part of the early intervention program. So if if your child um, has been found eligible for early intervention services, then this individualized family service plan, or IFSP, uh, would be a process, and then there would be an actual document and form that comes out of that. And that is for up to age three. Now, once we get to age three, your child will transition from an, I, an IFSP, theoretically, to, which would be second, uh, the second uh, piece to this mini course, would transition to an IEP or an individualized education plan. And that runs from age three through age 21. And that is completion of age 21. So just before the 22nd birthday. So we'll go through that form. And I'm kind of guessing that that form, when we go through that process, I might need two episodes for that one. Uh, There's a lot of information in there. And uh, there's a lot of steps that I would encourage you to consider when uh, working on creating this document. So that will be broken down into two uh, two pieces. And then uh, in there somewhere, I will talk about a 504 plan. So that is another topic. That will come up, but it's it's kind of small and short, so I don't think we need a whole podcast for that one. So I will talk about what a 504 plan is because that is something that um, might come up in conversation during your uh, special education travels. <laughs> and then uh, the last episode will be on transition planning, and that is a plan uh, and process as well that will happen uh, to sort of forward think about what happens post-high school, so post-graduation. And that can happen either, um, you know, maybe it's at that, you know, traditional 17-18 age, but it can go all the way up to, again, almost that 22nd birthday. So um, those are the the areas that I am going to cover over these next four sessions. Uh, And as I said, I'm going to take you through what the forms look like. I'll take you through what should ideally be in those forms, I will um, point you toward the direction of where there might be some really good examples of goals that are set for each one of those forms. So again, all of these um, this these acronyms and all of these, um, you know, things that I'm saying right now, so the IFSP, the IEP, the 504 plan, and the transition plan, uh, All of those are both an actual process that happens, and they also all create a formal document that comes out of them. And those formal documents um, are legally binding. They are established by um, federal law, federal special education law, and then each state has their own uh, sort of version. Um, So... When we're talking about these processes and these forms, the federal government's guidelines, or the law, (laughs) they're not just guidelines, um, are sort of the minimum standard that everyone has to meet, that all schools have to meet. Anything that a state adds on to that is just a bonus, and so we'll we'll talk about that as well. There are many states who have made some of these processes more robust, um, and and have added some really helpful uh, kind of things that make sense. Um, but they could also be state specific, depending on the environment, the demographic, all that kind of stuff. But it's uh, but basically, the state can supersede federal law, uh, but. Um, you know, and but the federal law is the minimum, so we have to at least meet that as the minimum bar. And so then I will point you after that into the direction of where to find more information on um, the federal law, and you know where your state laws would reside. And then I will add sort of like a bonus, <laughs> I would say a bonus part of this course, which would be a fifth one, which is what if all these processes aren't working. What does one do when a school uh, is not meeting the requirements? Or you are unhappy with how the IEP process is going? Or you don't agree as a parent with the processes, and the goals that are being put into place. How, wh- what is the recourse there? And what does that look like? And what are the aspects? So again, I've touched on some of this earlier on. We've talked about special education law with Peter Hahn, um, during, uh, especially during COVID, and what does that look like? Uh, but the law is still the law. So um, so again, we have to take that into account. And if the school is not meeting the needs of a student, then again, what is our recourse as a parent? What can we do and what are our rights? Um, and perhaps uh, maybe on top of that, I can, I can bring uh, Peter back and we can talk specifically about what to do if uh, a school is not being compliant. Now before we ever get to that place, we really want to be able to build a good team. And we really want to be able to have open communication, right? We've we've talked about how important communication is for so many things. This is no different. So the team can consist of a lot of different people. And I I do talk about that in my special education uh, podcast, which is uh, number 10. So you can kind of peek in there. Um, But, you know, we talk about what the team would consist of. But we want to make sure that the team is being really communicative and that we're sharing information. And again, everyone generally has the best interest of the student at heart. And so with keeping that in mind, of keeping um, a child's best interests, then How do we build really good communication and be able to share our concerns and be able to share um, things that are working, things that are not working before we ever get into some sort of more formal intervention, whether it's mediation or whether it's due process or, you know, we're starting to get into hiring lawyers and reporting to the state and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, We don't want to get there. We really want to be able to kind of make this work before. Anything like that would ever be needed, and so I am looking to cover all of those areas. Um, and so uh, I hope that you will enjoy this, you know, four or five session. Um, set of uh, uh, episodes and let me know what you think. And also, uh, again, I always encourage if there's anything specific that you want me to cover over these next uh, four or five podcasts that you have a particular question about, I would really love to hear it because I want to make sure that I cover whatever your questions might be. And, um, And also, if you have ideas or things that may have worked for any of you or other strategies, please, please let me know. Um, We can create a community here where we can share uh, what we've learned, what our experiences are and And sometimes it works for one family um, and for one student it's different for another one right everyone's individual and everyone has different needs and We also always have to keep the family needs and what the family's um you know resources uh both in time and money and um, you know other commitments that are happening uh, in in the in these processes as well so uh definitely I'd love to hear from you and know what may have worked, what maybe didn't work, um and uh also any suggestions and I'd really love to build a community around this. So maybe um we can come up with, you know, a, a group of some kind where we can chat. So I don't know. Let me give me that let me give that a little bit of thought because uh it just popped into my head as I was talking. So uh I'm excited to continue this uh, little course, and then um, I will talk to you all soon. So take care. Thanks for listening to Autism in Real Life. This is Elia Walsh, and if you like the show, please hit subscribe so you can get notified each time a new episode is released. I also offer training, consultations, and parent coaching and would love to help you in any way that I can. You can check out my offerings at spectrumstrategy.com And when you join my email list, you can get a code to receive a discount off of an online class or a coaching session. Looking forward to hearing from you. Take care and see you next time.